Yeah! I don't know if I'm letting anybody else uh, shave me, Al. That's not really going to be something that uh, we do. I, I, I trust a lot of people, but not with a razor in their hand around my face. We're not doing Mace, that. Mace gets it, bro. If you want re- if you want respect in this city, uh-huh. quick little racing stripe on the eyebrow. That's what you do. <laughs> is that what it is? That's what you do. No, Just guess- like you had this for... About, you know, you had it for a solid week when you grew out your mustache mm-hmm. and people started kind of looking at you differently. And all of a sudden you started getting, um, I don't know, just a, a, a different type of allure that came with you. And then the moment you shave, like right now, I'm looking at you, you're clean shaved. <laughs> yeah, I don't look quite the same. I don't same, respect do I? that. <laughs> I don't either. Zero I, I, respect. I look at myself in the mirror every morning and go, that guy's a wuss. That guy, that guy absolutely guy, no 14 respect. years old <laughs> yeah 14 years old and uh, bald it's 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 quite a look that uh, I've 14 cultivated. and bald that's awesome <laughs> I've, i'm going for a very specific uh look along the way how are you feeling this morning al everything's good you know uh when i have my this is you did something earlier in the week that i'm really right really not happy with the fact that you said hey have you ever sat back and added how much you spend at haven't Starbucks. Had, haven't had one since, by the way. Really, really? No, I haven't. I have I I did the math. It's the worst thing I've ever done in my life. There's and certain look, things here's my here's what I've been working on for the last week and a half. This is there's certain things you don't want to know. So as an example, if you go out to what's that place you, you used to go to that pizza joint during the Dodger games, right? Yeah. Imagine if, like, the moment you took a slice of pizza and then there's just a number there that just says, hey, this is how many carbs you just consumed. This is the calories. And it's just going up during your entire, like, stint in dinner. Certain things you don't want to know. I don't want to know how much I spend at Starbucks. Oh, no. So that was a game changer. When they started putting, like, calorie counts on menus – I'm like, nah, we're not we're not doing this. So now if I get it, I just very quickly slide another page of the menu over the calorie count and I'm still going to make my decision uh with some ignorance involved. I just I would really rather not know. That's a better way to do things. Yeah, I uh I'm still enjoying my cup of coffee. By the way, I'm not kidding. I'm not lying here. My cup of coffee, it's $2.65 this morning. $2.75. Yeah. Is there something going on in the world here holiday that cup. I don't know about? Holiday cup. They're 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 touching you up for your uh, holiday expenses. There you go. You got the red Son cup now. Of, uh, That's how it goes. That's how it goes. ESPN should ask Radio. them for a Halloween cup. Yeah. You guys got anything from like uh, 4th of July? Can I get a 10 cent discount those, on a Arbor are those Day less? mug? Are those less? <laughs> ESPN Radio is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. All guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. If you want to participate in the show, you know how to do it. You can be a part of the track and Slee Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. College football is back, so are the fans. Return to glory with Fansville by Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. The Lakers and OKC uh, coming up tonight, but a little bit of NBA breaking news. There's a piece on ESPN.com this morning uh, about Suns owner Robert Sarver that is ugly. For for There's no other word yeah. to describe it. He is accused of using incredibly offensive language, both racially, um, misogynistically. It is disturbing and ugly. Now, he denies just about everything that's in this, but all of a sudden, Adam Silver finds himself in another situation. We went through it with Donald Sterling you know, several years ago where one of the owners of his league, a league that is predominantly black, has mm-hmm. been accused of using just hideous, ugly language, and now Adam Silver has to step in the middle of all this again. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be curious to see how Adam Silver um, reacts to this. I'm sure there'll be a thorough investigation. I'm sure it will take a lot of time. I th- I'm sure there'll be a lot of attorneys that are involved. It's Baxter Holmes that wrote the story 
Um, so if you want to go on ESPN.com, you can read it. But, Trav, yeah, it's – you know, one of the pieces that – or one of the things I thought of right out the gate, and mm. we'll see what happens here. Let, let this kind of, you know, play out. I thought of Chris Paul. Like, man, Chris Paul was, you know, obviously part of the Clippers when the whole situation was going on with Donald Sterling, and now oh, right. here he is with the Phoenix Suns. And you have a a similar situation. When I say similar, we'll, we'll kind of let things play out a little bit here. But, you know, when, when you have somebody, like you just said, it's allegations of racism, uh, misogyny, as you, as you mentioned. So I, I think there's some things that over time we'll have to kind of just let it play out. But Chris Paul in the middle of that again. And, you know, it's impossible not to immediately go to Donald Sterling and not immediately think of what sure. that was like in the moment because the situations are similar. The big difference in this one is is that there's not a tape. It, at least not yet. You know, who knows? Maybe there's there's somebody somewhere that comes up with something that is, uh, you know, proof because Robert Sarver is denying a lot of this stuff. And, and here's where it gets interesting. This is not when John Gruden did what he did a few weeks ago. It didn't take long. He w- went from here's what's happening to John Gruden's out of the league. And, mm-hmm. you know, relatively quickly uh, it happened. Owner's a little bit different. I was going to say Owner's that's a little that's, bit different. Uh, yeah. That's that's not as you know a coach you can have and you know obviously Gruden eventually um, you can say what's what's the term they use he separated t- what whatever it was when he basically Severed walked ties. away severed ties when he walked away from the uh, from the Raiders you can't just walk away as an owner you know what I mean like this is a completely different situation and and from what we've read so far it looks like Sarver is obviously he's he's denying it all so he, it's not like he's just saying yep I did that I made a mistake and, and keep in mind too this goes it's not impossible to get an owner out it just takes a little more time Donald Sterling was very quickly removed from the NBA now it took a little time to complete the sale and Jerry Richardson in the NFL was accused of some pretty similar things when he was running the Carolina Panthers he doesn't own the Carolina Panthers anymore. You know that that one went down pretty quickly as well. So not unprecedented. You know we'll, we'll see. We'll see how this comes out. And uh, a lot of people are defending Robert Sarver inside the organization. A lot of people quoted anonymously the Earl Watson on the record, um, saying that yeah, these are the things that that happened along the way. So uh, we'll keep you up to speed on what's going on there. But it, it feels like this is not going away anytime soon. And look, there's I, I, not nearly as important. But mm-hmm. you wonder if this doesn't ultimately trickle down to the product on the court, that there's just you know unrest and division and everything else that goes on on a team, and that doesn't translate to the court. And the Suns are already kind of off to a, an odd start like the Lakers. They're about a 500 basketball team, and this certainly doesn't help. So it's kind of weird. A couple weeks ago, so you remember, I want to say it was two weeks ago today, Lakers played the Suns at Staples Center. And there were some rumbling, some conversation that – there was a story that was going to come out from ESPN and that there were going to be allegations on the Suns owner. And I even think Monty Williams was asked about it pregame and said, hey, got no comment on anything, just focusing on the game. Mm-hmm. But I, I had no idea what the details were. Nobody did. It was just like, you know, this was it, – it's kind of unique where the story didn't drop yet, but everybody knew there was a story coming out. And then, you know, obviously fast forward two weeks. But that was the Lakers-Suns. That was the second game of the season. So um, now that it it obviously came out, it obviously offers more details here. All right, so tonight at Staples Center, the Lakers and Oklahoma City get going. And this this sounds ridiculous because, A, it's the ninth game of the season. And, B, it's against a terrible team. And, C, it's the ninth game of the season, right? So is there such a thing as – a revenge game, a payback game, a we're going to make the universe right game against a team like Oklahoma City because 
th- that was kind of the moment where I think a lot of people had the, hey, look, I get that there's going to take some time, but what the hell was that? When they blew that 26-point lead sure, last sure. week, it went from, I get this is going to take some time to, you can't play like that. James Worthy was beside himself saying, you can't do that wearing a Laker uniform. Mm-hmm. Is there a little bit of, of payback tonight knowing that OKC was the one that kind of lit that match? I mean, listen, if Dwight Howard and DeAndre Jordan don't send a message to Josh Giddy in the first quarter, we're going to have some issues. We're going to have some issues. I mean, you got you to put someone on their backside in a game okay. like this. <laughs> I get what you're by the, saying. By Look, the way, I, it sounds incredibly funny. Like, I it, can't even get that sentence out properly. It, it's ridiculous, and it's funny. And I, I give you credit for being both ridiculous and funny. That's good. But the fact of the matter is – if they come out and play, the, Oklahoma City still has won another game, right? This, this is their yeah. They win. got one win. They got mm-hmm. one win against the Lakers that had a twenty-six point lead, and it was because the Lakers played bad, not because Oklahoma City played particularly well. Isn't there a little something like, guys, can we just go out there and beat this team by eighteen or twenty or twenty-five points and do what we were supposed to do in Oklahoma City, so that silly conversation can just go away at least for a night or two? Well, I, I think, you know, as an example, when they lost to the Thunder by 26, their next game was against Cleveland. If you remember, that was mm-hmm. at Staples Center. That was, I want to say, Friday night. And there was the, okay, how are you going to play after you play such an awful game as, you know, you obviously played poorly, you gave up a big-time lead, all, all the stuff that kind of comes with it. And this is a little bit more of a branch of that. Well, now you get to face the team that beat you in, uh, you know, Oklahoma City when you were up 26 – if you ask me how I think the Lakers are going to do tonight, I think they're going to handle business. I think there will be, you know, believe it or not, like you just said, in a game on November fourth against <laughs> OKC. Ridiculous. It's the ninth game of the season, but I, I, I think naturally there is a. Did we really blow this lead to this team? Like, did that really happen? Okay, let's handle business tonight. Let's, you know, make sure this game is out of the way. And, and oh, by the way, putting that aside from who they're playing in the competition and the storyline about the twenty-six point um, debacle that they had in OKC. I think there's also the part of can we have a game where it's comfortable in the fourth quarter that we're not it. that we're not worried about playing LeBron James in the final 6 minutes of the game. Like I think there's those factors that are more important that just kind of adds to some of the pieces here in this game, but that's that's probably the most important factor. Yeah, I, I think so. I think there's an opportunity for the Lakers that we really have they've not taken advantage of so far. There there have been ample opportunities for this team to come out and make a statement. Like guys, we get it. It's a work in progress. Pieces don't fit exactly the way that we hope that they will by the time we get to the end of the line, but we still just have enough raw talent to get this thing done in the sense where we can just go out and have Russell Westbrook and Anthony yep. Davis and LeBron James and beat a team with Josh Giddy by 25 points. Even if the, he's even not if bad. the points... Let me tell, let me tell, I he's know not he's bad. not bad. He's but not he's, bad. 19 stop. years old. He's the youngest player in the NBA. Stop. Anthony Davis, LeBron James, <laughs> and Russell Westbrook and Carmelo Anthony. I do not want to hear that, hey, no, 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 Josh Giddy, pretty good. Stop. Can okay. I can, can, can I tell you something that's actually kind of funny? And I didn't. I don't know if I realized this earlier uh, this morning. So you and I are doing our prep, and um, we're looking at the NBA standings because we're, we're trying to kind of figure, okay, where is everybody right now? Isn't it – I kind of find it ironic the way you and I have 
have been very critical on the Lakers so far. And that's, you know, I'm going to go ahead and explain this true? again. I, I kind of reject the premise of this. I well, don't let, think we let me... have been critical of the Lakers. I think we've been observing <laughs> what the Lakers have done. There's a difference between those two things. Well, okay, maybe then let's just say we've been very honest about the Lakers. Okay, Can we say that? I, I like that better. <laughs> honest is probably a better way to put it. So I'm looking at the standings, and I'm like, wait a minute here. After they beat the Thunder tonight, because they will beat the Thunder tonight, They'll be six and three. Oh, they beat them last time. So six and three would put you third place in the Western Conference. I know uh-huh. you're going to sit back. Okay, yeah, nine games into the season, all that stuff. But it is kind of funny that if they win tonight, they actually would have a better record than Denver, a better record than Phoenix, a better record than the Clippers, better record Portland. I'll just use them as an example. Like sure. some of these other teams in the Western Conference, it's not just the Lakers that have got off to a slow start. There's other teams in the West that actually have been playing very 500-ish type of basketball. No, the, the West has not got, other than maybe Golden State and one or two other teams, it's not like, oh, wow, that's a little bit better than I thought. Basically, and, Golden State and Utah. Yeah. Those have been the, the two the, teams. Those are the yep. two teams that you look at and say, okay, and, and Golden State in particular because Clay's not back yet. That that you, we thought Golden State would be in the mix, but we thought it would take until Clay returned and started to look like Clay, and then the Warriors would start to look like the Warriors. Well, they kind of already do, and they're going to add Clay Thompson to the mix, which is will take them to a whole nother level. Um, and Wiseman, and, and Wiseman, but. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that what we're seeing, just because the Suns are struggling, just because the Denver Nuggets are struggling, just because the Clippers are struggling, doesn't mean that the Lakers' inability to smash the Rockets and their inability to beat the Oklahoma City is meaningless. There's still something in there. It's not the whole story, but it's a sentence in the story. There's there's something to the fact that when you can't beat, this isn't just, ah, they're not very good. Okay, that I, I get that. They're bad. There's there's a difference between not very good and terrible, and a lot of the teams that the Lakers have played so far are terrible. Oklahoma City's terrible. Houston's terrible. San Antonio is not very good. There's a difference between that. There is 100% a difference, and you know this little honeymoon that the Lakers are in where they get to play bad teams for a long stretch, it's going to come to an end. I mean, after tonight, you'll play Portland at Portland, which nobody's sitting here trying to say, by the way, some good little uh, clips we're going to get to in just a second, too, on Damian Lillard. Um, but Portland is always a tough team to beat at Portland, even if they're a 500 team, which they are. But then next week you get a little Charlotte, get a little Miami. Yep. I mean, you're going to start playing some teams where your margin of error, the conversation that you know we've been having of, well, who cares how they win? They just won the game where you and I have been more critical on, no, it actually does matter how you look when you do win. They're going to have less margin for error in the upcoming games. All right, so you mentioned it. Damian Lillard had some interesting comments about a meeting that he had with LeBron James and AD earlier in the summer. Um it's interesting. LeBron is, LeBron is literally the godfather of the yeah, NBA. Yeah, he's the guy like, sitting on the mountain with the clouds surrounding him, and you have to make the long journey to go see him, and you get to yes. ask him one question, and he's going to tell you the meaning of life, all of these do things. You, do, you remember that, uh, do you remember that scene in The Godfather where they all come to um, – they Punch all come, doesn't. No, Funch 100% does it. 100%. He's still saying, man, I can't believe I wasted Just, two hours and 55 <laughs> minutes of my time. <laughs> Do you remember when everybody just like they were? T- he was just taking meetings mm-hmm. every you know whatever it was, and it was a, somebody else telling him a problem that they have, and he's just petting the cat. That's basically LeBron James in the NBA. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I, it's this is interesting if you're a Laker fan, and I don't think it's really good news if you're a fan of just about any other team in the NBA. We'll get into it next. It's Travis Lee, seven ten ESPN. Did you uh, happen to when, when I was leaving yesterday? Yeah. Um, I, I went by the kitchen to grab mm-hmm. my lunchbox before I mm-hmm. head home, and 
They were setting up a big spread of fries and wings out there. Did you ever get in on that? I was okay. Two things. Number one, I love that you have you call it a lunch box. What like else? It's just like lunch a, bag. No, like it's one of those. Remember, you said <laughs> it was like the. It was some type of a character from Disney, or yeah. it was like. You, have, you put stickers on your – remember you used to put I, stickers on it and then I, it had the two clips, you open it up. Like I could just like a see box. you sitting in the kitchen with a peanut butter jelly sandwich, Those a fruit roll-up. Those okay? are good too. A bag of Doritos also and uh, some Oreo milk. cookies. <laughs> Look, the, the greatest lunchbox I've ever had in my life had the NFC teams on one side, the AFC mm. teams on the other. So this was probably 1979 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I go on eBay every once in a while and look for for it and it's yeah. always there and it's like $150 I should have held on to that thing so this is why I bring it up because I was just about to say because I heard you know obviously uh you hear uh Chris Morales uh plugging a wing stop right there I thought you left too early and then there nope. Tommy and I were sitting back just having a couple wings hanging out with the guys uh, I, okay, so you you got a chance to have some wings before it was I, all I went said in and there done. to get my lunchbox, and yep. I did work lunch on pail. some wings and some fries, and mm-hmm. I had a couple of celery sticks and carrot sticks along the way. It was a it was a wonderful little okay, surprise. No, th- then it all makes sense. Now it makes sense. What does? There were so they probably had maybe eight containers, like small little containers, not a lot of them. I'm well, just saying here. Yeah, I'm okay, just saying go here. Ahead. There's probably eight containers. There were. Let's just say the best kind, my favorite kind, there was either none left, which by the way, if you if you did finish them, throw I, away the container. I, I did. So then it's not me. Go ahead. So then we just kind of know, hey, the um the uh the the buffalo ones are gone or the parmesan <laughs> I did, I, ones I did are gone. Hunt the buffalo ones, that's true. Okay. So, anyways, it makes more sense now. <laughs> I did. I did some work. I didn't empty anything. I always left not just one, but more than one. But it was a it's a good way to to kind of wrap up a Travenslee Wednesday edition. It's time for some straight talk. Brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Straight Talk Wireless. No contract. No compromise. Damian Lillard. I like um, this conversation here. This is an interesting. Yeah, it, it it's it's interesting and. Uh-huh. I'm conflicted. I'm not. I'm not going to lie. I, I think there's a lot of things in here. He spoke okay. with Chris Haynes from Yahoo, and he said that he had a meeting with LeBron James and AD this off season. Um, and what he said was, and I'm quoting Damian Lillard here, Braun asked what I was thinking with my situation, and I told him what I'm telling you that I just want to be in a position to win it all. He went on to say, he painted the picture to me that if I were to leave, the situation could look like this. He didn't tell me to come to L.A. He didn't say anything to me that I didn't already know, other than what it could look like. I told him. I know if I were to play with y'all, it would work, or I know it would work out because of my skill set and who I am and who they are. I was just saying, I don't know if this is the route I want to go, and that was pretty much how the conversation went. Okay, I think Laker fans are probably going to immediately jump to the, hey, can we get Damian Lillard? And and now, no. Eventually, maybe. You know, who, who knows how these things work? If you would have told me, you know, in the middle of the Lakers season last year that, oh, by the way, Carmelo Anthony and Russell Westbrook were going to sure. be on the team, I would have yeah. said, yeah, get it, you're out of your mind. Of course they're not. And they are. So never say never. Here's the question, though, Slee. Mm-hmm. Is it really a great idea if the 10 best players or so in the league, 12 best players or so in the league, are scattered around two or three teams? That if, if there are 15 difference-making players, and there probably aren't, there's probably closer to 8 or 10, Yep. and those 8 or 10 guys are on 2 or 3 teams, 
I get it. We're, we're very fortunate that one of those teams happens to be the Lakers here in town where people want to come and play. But can you really have a league if 25 or, or let's let's even be generous, 20 of the 30 teams in the league have virtual no chance of keeping a star, getting a star, or winning a championship? So th- this is the – first off, let me say this about Dame. The, the Lakers were obviously going big game hunting in the offseason. Why were they doing that, Trav? They were doing it because they felt like – LeBron and Anthony Davis was not going to be enough to win a championship. Why was that the case? Because James Harden the year or that season during last season, James Harden just went, you know, at the time, top five, top seven, wherever you want to put James Harden, just went to the Brooklyn Nets. Now Mm -hmm. all of a sudden you had three stars there. So the Lakers had to one-up what the Brooklyn Nets did. The Nets were one-upping what LeBron and Anthony Davis did by teaming up together. So there's kind of always been this arms race in the NBA. It's just who has the most talent, who has the most superstars, or something along those lines. Dame was the if, – if you said you could pick anybody in the league that you want to put LeBron James and Anthony Davis with – He's the first pick. Damian Lillard is as good as it gets. I mean, just would, in a, would have been an unbelievable fit. And then the question is, okay, it wasn't going to be Dame. Now you're looking at – how about Kyle Lowry? Okay, how about DeMar DeRozan? How about Russell Westbrook? How about Buddy Heald? You started kind of going down the list of what are some of your other options. Lakers obviously made it happen with Russell Westbrook. And now there are fair questions of does this thing work, does it not? We're going to continue to find out as the season progresses. To answer your question about is this good for the NBA, so let's take the – LeBron's been in the league for 19 years, right? Doesn't it seem like it's the NBA versus LeBron – that, that that's a really good point. LeBron is LeBron is what he tried out in Cleveland early in his career. He eventually figured out I'm not going to win a championship doing this with just me. As great as LeBron is, LeBron realized. Listen, the, go look at the San Antonio Spurs. Look at the way they were able to crop some of these other players and do what they did. Sure, Boston went out there and got Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen to go along with Paul Pierce. That the the there was a moment where LeBron James realized when he went to Miami, if I'm going to win a championship, I got to team up with other stars. Since then, it's been LeBron trying to court other superstars to play with him, and then it's been other teams trying to one-up what LeBron's been doing. Is this good for the league? Listen, the NBA continues to grow. The NBA is unbelievable. The NBA is the the um, you know obviously the uh, uh, the global brand that it has become. I don't know if it's good or not. I just know that it seems like these the league is making an incredible amount of money. But yep. I will say this. The NFL's blueprint of not really knowing who's going to win every single year no idea. is much more exciting from a product perspective than it is to only have the same 3-4 teams or 3-4 players that are in the mix. I, I think the question that you just asked is the wrong question. Is it good for the league? Yes, it clearly is for all of the reasons that you just said. The, the television is thriving. The television contracts are worth more than they've ever been before. That people know LeBron James is one of the most famous person uh, people on, on, in the world. And yep. Kevin Durant. I get it. It's good for the league to have the Lakers be really, really good. It's good for the league to have a team in New York City be really really good i i understand that the question i have is not is it good for league? is it good for the is it good for fans is it is is it good for the product if you live when you say fans you're talking about individual cities you know when when you when you get to preseason or when training camp starts 
if you're not one of five teams, you pretty saying. much know you, you don't have no, a shot. No, that's what I mean. If you mm-hmm. are a fan of If you're the Sacramento Portland Trailblazers, no, Portland, stay, stay in Portland. Or, Portland's yeah, perfect. Portland, but it's not just Portland. or It's it's two-thirds of the league at best and probably not that good. It's probably 75% of the league. Mm-hmm. It's probably something far greater than that. That's not good as a product, as a fan. it's If you happen to live in Los Angeles or San Francisco or Miami – you don't probably don't care as much, but if you live in almost anywhere else, you've got problems. You you cannot tell me New Orleans. <laughs> think about this: the New Orleans Pelicans have yep. drafted Anthony Davis, Zion Williamson in 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 a window that's not an outrageously large window. We're talking ten, about ten years, ten yep. years, ten years. It's it's less than that, right? Because Zion's going into year three. Anthony, it's like a seven year window. Mm-hmm. They and they're still god awful. They're terrible with no, with absolutely no hope of getting good at any point. And that's with them getting really lucky of getting the number one pick in a year where there is a transcendent player and it still hasn't happened. Okay, so I, I want to spend a little more time on this because I think the question that you bring up, there are some organizations that, and I'm going to use Portland as an example. We're going to use the Damian Lillard as an example. We'll use the Pelicans as an example. There's some organizations, and this is a – um, a sports-wide thing. These are corporations. These are businesses. Some corporations are ran really well. Other corporations are ran really poorly. Some I have sympathy towards. Others I don't have sympathy towards. And then the question on Damian Lillard about, um, you know, do you respect his loyalty to a, a, a franchise that has never, you know, obviously it's been so long since they've won and everything else. Do you respect that, or is Damian Lillard doing himself a disservice? All right, ESPN Radio is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. All guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. We'll continue that conversation. Plus, we got Bunch of Funch Emily edition is coming up next. It's Travis Slee, 710 ESPN. We've got your picks. I'm I'm not going to lie, Al. I need yeah. someone to kind of knock you off. I don't care if I win or not. I just don't want you to win. So that basically <laughs> means I have two options, me or... Or the listeners. Yeah. So I need you to go back to your zero-point weeks. Yeah, have faith that um, everything will average itself out when it's all said and done. <laughs> what did I say to you after, like, the first three weeks? Do you remember? You said you said something that you always get off to a good start on these. Yeah. Is that what you said? I, I said that after about four or five <laughs> weeks, awesome. I'm going to be in the I love how you don't want to shake that. You just yeah. It's already in your mind. It's like, no, this is what's going to happen. I, I said to you, after four or five weeks, I will be in the lead. And then by week nine or ten, I'll be in last place. And that's exactly what has happened. Okay, but this is <laughs> – what's happened these last two weeks are probably never going to happen again. <laughs> that's I, not true. It's You've impossible. You've aced it three of the last four weeks. Okay, but that's that's what I'm saying. Like, that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen. That, that's There's a lot of luck that, that falls into this thing. I told you there's another league that I'm doing in where they roll out the red carpet. <laughs> they, they send, send a car. me a bottle of wine. <laughs> here, make yeah, sure Slewa gets here. This here's yeah, a, here's a limo. Come, make sure you come and bring your wallet. <laughs> it is the equivalent of going to play slots at Vegas. And they're like, yeah, no, that's our that's – our, get, get him a hotel room. Get I, him a hotel room. This I, dude's going to lose his money. What I'm hearing is that you're telling people that they should go take a second or third mortgage on their home and put it on your picks that you're going to give them at 1215. That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> I think that's probably the best way to do it. Um, you were talking about Damian Lillard. We were talking yeah. about Damian Lillard. Um, I, I, I like that the Lakers get star players. I like that LeBron James is here. I like that Anthony Davis is here. I like that it's a destination for players like Carmelo Anthony at a certain point in their careers. I don't like it as someone who likes competition. I don't like it as somebody who likes to know. You mentioned the NFL. Here We're halfway through the NFL season. I have no idea who's going to win the Super Bowl. None. 
There, there are, there are, you could make a case that there are 15 or 16 teams, basically half the league, that could get into the Super Bowl. That's not true in, in the NBA. There are probably six or seven, if we're being generous, that have a chance to win an NBA championship. Last year was so much fun because it was just – it was an anomaly. You got Phoenix and Milwaukee. Now, there were a ton of extenuating circumstances, but it's kind of interesting and fun to not really know where the champion is going to come from. In the NBA, like you said, it's been LeBron against a super team for really the last decade plus. The only thing that changes in the NBA is injuries, right? Injuries can then de- determine, but that's that's going to be the case in any sport. But just as an example, if everyone's healthy this past season, I don't think the Milwaukee Bucks win an NBA championship. I, I personally don't. They had a great run. I don't think the Phoenix Suns get to the NBA Finals. I don't think if you know Kevin Durant and Klay Thompson get hurt against the Toronto Raptors, Toronto probably doesn't win an NBA championship. So yep. those are the only kind of variables that come into play. But I'll, look, I'll, I'll say this. I Damian Lillard is one of my favorite guys to watch in the NBA. I, I think there's, you know, he's not cheap. He's not trying to hunt for a foul. I mean, the dude is just a cold-blooded, um, he's just a great point guard in the league, and it's it's really unique what he does. I love his style. I love his kind of mentality of I'm not – you know, complaining about, I just go out there and I ball and he's one of the best to do it. So I respect that. The one thing that I would say that I don't like what Damian Lillard did, if Damian Lillard is not going to come join the Los Angeles Lakers and he's going to stay in Portland and try to win it there, I hate when you don't put these franchises on notice. I think that's something LeBron, if we're going to use LeBron as an example, LeBron put the Cavs on notice a couple different times. LeBron let the Cavs know that you're never going to be comfortable because if we don't have a chance to win at all, then I could leave at any moment. And he did. He went to Miami, went back to Cleveland, eventually won. And then he left again and came to the Los Angeles Lakers. So LeBron wasn't just bluffing. I appreciate what a player like Damian Lillard is trying to do. He's trying to say what it would mean for him to win in Portland is much more valuable than for him to go chase a championship somewhere else. I respect it. The problem is, is your organization putting you in the best position to succeed? The Portland Trailblazers have not done that. Every year we say the same thing. Yeah, they'll be a 6th, 7th seed, and they'll be out in the first round. Mm-hmm. So I, I, that's the one thing that I will say is you as a player only have so much control. But that piece that you can control, if Damian Lillard left the Portland Trailblazers tomorrow, um, you know, create chaos for a little bit. They'd have to completely start to rebuild and everything else. I like when that that pressure is on the organization. I, I, I get it, and I think that the LeBron example is a good one, but I think it's a unique one, Al. I, I, what, what could Damian, other than say, hey, look, if you don't fix this, I'm leaving. Okay, that's a ton of pressure. It's a ton of pressure. But what what are they supposed to do at that point? You can't. You, you can't get people to come to Portland. You can't force them to come. You can try some trades. You can put – it's not a destination for people to come to. And if the, you are where you are with Portland and your first-round pick is somewhere in the mid-first round towards the, the, the late part of the first round, yeah. you don't have a ton of things to trade away that are super interesting and super sexy as far as, oh, I can get a top-five pick, top-three yep. pick, that you look at New Orleans. They kept getting the number-one pick and kept picking good players. You know, Anthony Davis, great player. Zion Williamson could be a great player if he can get his weight under control, if he can get his injury white issues. AD, why, why'd AD leave New Orleans? Because they couldn't win. They didn't but have a shot. They didn't, right? have, they a didn't shot. have a shot. And the point is you couldn't get somebody to come to New Orleans. It's, so, it's such a difficult let me, ask. Let me give you a good example here. Do you remember the year that Kawhi was pretty much telling the San Antonio Spurs, I'm not coming back? Mm-hmm. Toronto made a trade, 
And who did they trade? Arguably one of the best players that franchise has ever had in DeMar DeRozan. Sure. Okay? They traded him for Kawhi Leonard. The, even if that trade didn't work out, they went all in. You know, something we always talk about in L.A., that teams go all in. They There's a risk that's involved in, you know, some. you might fall flat on your face. Trav, they could have fell flat on their face. He actually ended up walking away. So you basically got a rental. You got lucky because you won a championship. A couple people got injured, but you won a championship. You put yourself in that position. Portland's done nothing different the last five years. They, I mean, you, do you know what Damian Lillard needs to compete for a championship? He needs Anthony Davis. He needs Giannis Attentacumpo. Mm -hmm. He needs Joel Embiid. He needs a player like that, right? So, And I'm not saying that you're going to go out there and trade for one of those players, but damn, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result, uh, that's the definition of insanity. I I get it. I I, I get it, and I understand it. I just don't like it. I don't like the idea of that when the season starts, here are the five teams that have a real chance. I'm with I, you. I just, it's, By the it's way, I'm with you. Look. Okay. I, I love baseball, right? Baseball. I was going to say, baseball was the one I was going to – it's kind of the – there's some similarities there in baseball to an extent. There are some similarities, but it's harder to stack the deck. And the, the Dodgers had the ultimate deck stack, right? And it still didn't win them a championship, but it got them pretty darn close. And it's mm-hmm. got them pretty darn close along the way. But in baseball, you do have a – Tampa Bay Rays occasionally. Sure. We did. It, it wasn't in the not too distant past. Atlanta. Atlanta won 88 it, games. Atlanta won 88 games. But the Kansas City Royals made the World Series a couple of times in, mm-hmm. in recent history. That there are some examples of where if you put together a team and you have control of players for six years, basically, before you have to start moving them out or paying them. But it's a little bit more random. If I have Kawhi or Giannis or Durant or, or or LeBron or one of these guys, I'm basically gifted a spot into the Final Four. It, it almost feels like, okay, you got one of those guys, you're into the Final. And then, you know, factor in for injuries and all these other things. But it just in baseball, we could pick 10 and maybe three or four are going to get through there. But in basketball, if I said to you right now, you get five teams to pick to the NBA Finals, you can pick any five. Odds of you picking both of them that are in the Finals are probably pretty good. Yeah, you could you you couldn't do that in baseball. You can't do that in football. And, and what's funny is the NBA has tried to stop this, and it seems like they're always a step behind. Some team is going to make some adjustment. Some player is going to say, "I'm going to take less money." I mean, it, it really comes down to ultimately at the end of the day, players who are chasing championships and want a ring, they're going to find a destination to go to. Currently, the destination is Brooklyn or Brooklyn or LA. All right. So coming up at ten fifty five, one of the most hilarious um, contract incentives that oh, I've ever heard great. of in my life. That's you and I were arguing of where do we put this. I'm like, oh, it just it starts the show. <laughs> it's pretty. It's pretty fantastic. That's coming up at about ten fifty five. But next, I finally got it right. The Emily edition of Bunch of Funch. It's on Trav and Slee seven ten ESPN. You don't need to listen to the uh, gambling expert that Mason and Ireland are having. We have our own gambling expert who comes on at twelve fifteen. His name is Alan. Sliwa, he has gone four for four in his picks against the spread three out of the last four weeks. And if you think I'm putting that out in the universe, Al, to try to whammy you, that's exactly what's happening. Well, here's the deal. Uh, everybody <laughs> knows around 1210, I start uh, really studying. Uh, 1210 is when no. all, I just start uh, doing all my research, a uh, couple cigarettes. <laughs> I pick winners. <laughs> it's the Alan Sliwa I pick winner segment. Vegas I- has been reaching out to me like crazy. Hey, well, Al. You're uh, one of those guys that about, moves uh, the line. 
You're, you, you know, when once Alan Slewa's pick comes in, the line moves. Once the Sharps have come in, everything happens after that. Slewa took the Giants. <laughs> he moved the line. It's going to They have happen. a bye week. What do you mean he took the Giants? <laughs> well, you're getting ahead of the game. You're getting ahead. So, Funches has done bunch of funch. Yep. Taylor has done bunch of funch. Ton of ton Taylor. Ton of Taylor. Yep. We've had Zach do it a couple of days ago. Uh, Zach attack. Now Zach attack. That's yep. right. Now Alex is running the board today, and Alex yep. is not going to do it. But Emily is going to step into the role. So this is our fourth bunch of funch person, Emily. I, you're, you'd have your own uh, segment with Factor Cap, but uh, this is your what, first. What bunch is of funch. we need a title for this because we got to have this is how it works. It's like we have a rotation here. So who is <laughs> what? What's the title? We ha- we literally have really good Enough names of for Emily. all three. <laughs> there you go. Not enough. <laughs> Not enough of Emily. What do you I have for us? We'll see. Okay. Um, so I'm a big fan of the Office Ladies podcast, which is a podcast where Jenna Fisher and Angela Kinsey kind of mm. break down every episode of The Office. Big fan. So yesterday's episode was the Dream Team, uh, but they tried to make reference to the Team USA Dream Team, and let's just say their uh, basketball analysis was not a, uh, the most acute. Let's just say that. <laughs> Um, the equivalent of Stanley <laughs> playing basketball in the uh, basketball episode. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, but good for them. But it uh, got me thinking, if each of you had to do a non-sports podcast, what would it be about and what would it be called? Alan, you're up first. Okay. Um, so, Trav, I was weighing a couple of them, all right? So I could say, all right, you know, like a business slash real estate podcast. I like real estate. So mm-hmm. it's like, okay, are there some things I could do about that? But I figure two episodes in, I'm going to run out of material. <laughs> Um, so that's all going to end right there. So what if you just did a podcast? And I know this is very Seinfeld-ish about nothing. <laughs> okay, keep going. You have my just attention. kind of just you know whatever the hell is going on in your life, whatever happened that day, stories that just come up throughout the day. You don't even have to bring up sports, personal stuff that are going on. Okay, family get together. There's always things going on in everybody's life that is actually kind of entertaining. What if it's just a podcast about nothing, just whatever you're doing on a day-to-day basis? Fire up Rock Band on your laptop and start recording that podcast. I'm here for it. What do we call it? It's your podcast. You get to name it. All right, just relax. Much ado about nothing. (laughs) Much ado about nothing. A bunch of nothing. A bunch of nothing. (laughs) It's not bad. Uh, I think everybody probably knows my answer here. I'm doing something food. I'm going to talk about gluttony. I'm going to talk about ranking fast food, French fries, about the correct way to That's order in and out. You would not be allowed on on that particular issue of the pod. Um, the, the best I'm sandwiches banned to have. from the podcast. <laughs> it's the not Alan Sliwa food podcast. It's how, how to order your correct meals along. Don't the, ask Slee. Don't don't don't. Wow, you're on fire That's today. Those bad. are All pretty right. good. Don't we had an we have an ask Slee and then we have a don't, <laughs> don't ask Slee. Do That's not awesome. ask Slee with That's not awesome. like triple underline along the way yeah no I'm, I'm definitely gonna venture into the food space okay so i know these are all popular podcasts is what it is blah 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 rogan does a fantastic job and one of the things i think does rogan does such what well, or does such a good job and the topics i have all no idea what his pot either it's going to come up some tribe that's living in the amazon rainforest the and then the next one's going to be about politics the next one's going to be about covid i'm like I, I have no idea where he's going every time so <laughs> that's what makes it fascinating I liked him better on Fear Factor. But it's all good. <laughs> uh, so today, Matthew McConaughey turns 52. All so right, all right, all right. That's a good impression. Uh, one of your best impressions, I'd say. Yeah, impossible. They're all equally <laughs> awesome. Uh, so for a while, he was the king of the rom-com. rom-com. So I'd like to see, hear your three most enjoyable rom-coms. Travis, you're up first. I, I don't know if I've seen three rom I'm sure I have. Um, so is this make? <laughs> 
Is Pretty Woman a rom-com? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Rom-com. I, li- yeah. I like that because I like Julia Roberts. I'm using it- that so there's one less <laughs> I got to worry about. I like the fact that George from Seinfeld is in that and he's not George from Seinfeld. That's always kind of a weird moment. Um, I like Tom Hanks. So I, I don't know. Like soft, sleepless in Seattle, Tom Hanks is kind That's of – good one. It's just, yeah, I don't know, along the way. and it, it's th- Those are the two that come to mind. I don't know – the, the more modern ones that we've seen with Matthew McConaughey, I've actually never seen it. Matthew McConaughey, to me, is Wolf of Wall Street guy thumping his chest. He's Wooderson from Dazed and Confused. He's that version of Matthew McConaughey. I really haven't had a ton of uh, rom-com experience with him, so I'm going to go Pretty Woman and Sleepless in Seattle. All right, so I don't even know if these are. I, I don't even know if these are on the list here, okay? So th- these are going to be random ones. My Big Fat Greek Wedding, is that one? Yeah, definitely a rom-com. and, and okay. It's a r- romantic, it's romantic, and it's a comedy. Um, um, forgetting Sarah Marshall. Can I throw that one in there? Yes, that's that's that, a great movie. That's great. Yeah, that's yeah. a great movie. I changed uh, my answer to that. Al, I took that off your board. Take it, because I I took the <laughs> other one that you had. I thought Pretty Woman was a good one. I don't know if I have any other ones. Can you help us out here, Emily? Alex got a couple mind. that he's going to tell you guys about. What you Alex, what you got over I'm there? Actually, Alex? I'm actually surprised that you guys didn't mention Fifty First Dates. I haven't seen it. No, with Adam Sandler? What? No, I haven't seen it. Really? That's yeah. a great one. I think you guys it's are fun. missing out on some of these rom-coms, honestly. How about The Long Shot? Can The Long Shot be in it? I don't know yes. what that is. Yeah, I, I'd count that. What about uh, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days? Have you guys watched that? So that's, oh, that's about- I got another good one. I think What's- I found my favorite one. All right, one. last one. Knocked Up. Yeah, that's good, too. That's good, <laughs> that's too. That's a pretty good one. Seth Rogen's good in that one. He's good in that one. All right, so- Buster Posey is announcing his ret- He kind of announced it yesterday, but he's going to ha- formally announce it today. Uh, when you retire, what's the first thing that you're going to do with your time? Alan, yeah. you're up first. Well, I think, um, you know, what? what's the date now? So we're sitting November 4th. I think by January 1st, I'm calling it quits. I think that's it. I think <laughs> you've had enough. <laughs> forget the agreement with ESPN. Forget all that stuff. Forget trying to pay bills. And I, I think I'm good. I think I've kind of accomplished what I needed to accomplish. Uh, you know what I would do, Trev? No joke. If you, if you had the if you had the financial ability to just kind of do whatever the hell you wanted to do, mm-hmm. you've said something that always I think it's the right. Got to have multiple. Just a couple of these houses. Like, why well, would throw one in La Jolla? Sure. Is there anything wrong with throwing no. one in La Jolla? No, nothing. <laughs> Can I get one up in the mountains as well? Yeah, just kind of have two different. If we're going to have a La Jolla house, we need a Tahoe house. I was going to say, like a couple of different <laughs> climates here. Sun Valley. <laughs> but here's the thing: I I don't know how often I'm going to be there. Who cares? Because I'm going to be traveling. <laughs> That's all. I'm I'm going to spend 30 days in a random country here, another 30 days in a random country there. I think if if I'm Buster Posey, who by the way, I think Trav, you were telling part of the story here, um, the body armor he was a percentage ownership in body armor that just sold to Coke. Yeah. And this is a, you know, whatever he made in his career, I'm sure there's an incredible amount coming because of that. He made what a Major League Baseball superstar makes as a baseball player, and he just was a primary investor in a company that just sold for $6 billion. So I I think he's probably okay on the financial front. You would very rarely see me again. I wouldn't go full hermit. But I would I would go to a place where ultra, ultra exclusive, I would have a whole bunch of land with my house in the middle of it so no one could get near me. I would have my own golf course, and I would invite only a select few of people to play. 
and that's it. And I would have beers and martinis and all the wings and taco guys that you could ever imagine. There'd be a taco guy on every third hole. This is this is why I'm not allowed to have a lot of money because I would I would waste eighty percent of it on taco guys. That's awesome. Trav would retire. <laughs> And then six months later, he's like, yeah, I just got to get back in the grind. Just got to get, get back. back in the game. The couple, you know, like Nick Cage when he goes couple, broke. A couple <laughs> bad investments. But, you know, I'm right back. Johnny, right back in it. Johnny Depp has made all those Pirates of the Caribbean movies and made like $500 million, but he's broke because he drinks like 18, you know, $20,000 bottles of wine a night or whatever the, the his jam is. I'd be that, only it would be with uh, Taco Guys. That uh, That's how that would shake out. All right. Mentioned it a minute ago. Perhaps the most awesome college football coach the incentive thing I've ever heard. that I have ever heard. That's next. It's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN.